startups begin in communities across the country. Why does Silicon Valley get so much credit? My name is Nick Kastner. And I'm Caitlin Clays. We're interviewing the people building startup communities across America. But in the areas no one is talking about, the middle. This is the Ecosystem Builder Podcast by Mug.News. This is the Ecosystem Builder Podcast. Ecosystem building is a subset of economic development that focuses on fostering a community that allows new businesses to flourish. Today's guest is Janet McRae, the Economic Development Director for Miami County in Kansas. Janet, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We're excited to be here and to have a chance to talk to you about the things we've got going on. Um, so Janet, if we could start by you kind of giving a sense of Miami County, and I, I noticed the Zoom background that it's, um, I, I assume that's a picture of, uh, of the county, but um, if you could just kind of break down of like, what's it like there, population, main, main economy and whatnot? Absolutely. So thanks. The picture behind me is actually the Northland property. It's ground owned by the city of Osawatomie. But Miami County is located on the southern portion of the outside of the Miami of the Kansas City metro area. So we are on the southern portion of them. We basically abut that Overland Park Olathe area. A lot of our workers here commute to that metro area to work. And so we very much are a community that feeds the metro area. About 70% of our workforce travels to the metro area to work. And then the remaining 30% fill about 50% of the jobs we have here. So we have about 34,000 residents in our county. Our communities though range in size from about 200 people to about 7,000 people. So we have a wide range um, of communities. We're really based on an economy that includes ag, but also manufacturing, healthcare, specialty healthcare, and then retail is a big one for us also. Interesting, yeah. So I am from a uh, small community in the panhandle of Nebraska with about 7,000 people. Um, so I'm definitely familiar with uh, small town Midwest. With commuters making su uh, up such a large portion of the population, what is your, uh, um, as the director of economic development, or are you like, what is the strategy to grow the economy in the county? So we are really focused on those businesses that we currently have and helping them grow and then identifying the businesses that are really kind of sister businesses to them, that it would be helpful if they were located here in the county because it makes their processes easier. So we spend an awful lot of time on business retention and on small business startups to help fill some of those local gaps that we have so that we have the ability for people to have the option to live and work here if that's their preference. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. How, how, did you get, um, how did you get involved in, in this space and economic development and, and new business and, and all of that? And so we really work a lot with our cities and with our chambers of commerce. My background is journalism. And so I spent a few years working for local newspapers, started working for a local chamber of commerce before becoming economic development director for the county. So really value those local relationships in each community. So while I represent the entire county, a majority of the work that I do is really within the cities themselves. So roughly half of our population lives within a city incorporated limits and half of our population lives in the unincorporated areas of the county. So as a county employee, I'm really working with those local cities and the local businesses that they have 
to try to help them be successful and stronger. Yes, yeah. What What's one thing people may not know about your ecosystem from the outside looking in? I think that they probably don't recognize how valuable it is to have that daytime shopper. And when they look at our communities, they're very, very different. And so while we're still a a rural community, we have some communities that don't have a lot of daytime shoppers and others that do. And so when they take a look at our communities, they don't probably recognize the differences between the two. And they also don't see kind of our quiet giants that are sitting there that are very large employers and are very successful businesses, but they may look like a a very small square footage space and they don't Mm -hmm. realize what's behind the walls and inside the doors. You mentioned both uh, both retention being a big focus, but then also that that new business factor. And and that component is really what we um, focus focus on on this show. What initiatives um, have been implemented or are, are you working to implement to allow those new businesses to both start and then flourish? Certainly, the game has kind of changed, certainly in the last 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we've been trying to take advantage of a lot of the local resources that are out there and being sure that we're just good, basic infrastructure within our own systems to do that. But our communities offer some technical assistance grants that are available to businesses that are either existing or are new. Um, a lot of times when somebody's starting a business, they're, they're so focused on what they consider the fun stuff. And the fun stuff may depend on who they are. It may be the product or it may be the financing part of things. And they don't want to necessarily maybe do some of those other components. So we offer some technical assistance grants where if they're looking at doing a business here and they need to talk to an attorney or an accountant or take a class in order to be stronger in an area, that we can pay for that. So we've also done with existing businesses, an example where somebody was selling a product already, but they wanted to be able to open a new line of service, but they needed to get better at that area to do it. We've helped pay for the training that they needed in order for them to open that line of service to expand their business in that direction. So we've really tried to put projects like that in place for them. Well, the like accounting, legal, and and all of that initiative, as a former entrepreneur, not yeah that is not the most fun part of of running a business um and and then also the intra uh, intrapreneurship you know is the textbook word for it that is also like a um solid avenue for growth and it is um it's fascinating to see you all like focusing on that um are there any and um this question stems mainly when we talk to like people from st louis or omaha like uh, um metropolitan areas that uh, traditionally there's like coffee shops or like co-working spaces that entrepreneurs tend to hang out in. Is there a similar space in um, in Miami County where like business owners and entrepreneurs or um, like potential employees are like meeting and, and building that community? You know, I don't know that we have it in that kind of a setting. We do have an awful lot of um, networking groups that meet. And so we have not gone down the 10 million cups or, or the 1 million cups um, scenario yeah. to be able to do that. Part part of our ability to draw on that metro area is where it really helps us in this area. In a county our size, we have struggled to really have that support system and the network to be able to allow people to comfortably sit in a room and feel like their ideas are still staying confidential. And Mm -hmm. so we're able to pull in with our partners to the Johnson County area 
and utilize some of the services that they have to be able to do some of that angel networking and investing. We also really use services like SCORE in the SBDCs in order to be able to get our folks the support that they need. So we do have some co-working spaces. We also, our libraries really play a role in that. But we tend to see a lot of that entrepreneurship support really take take place at like our school events where people are already gathering, they're there, they're friends, they're, they're more comfortable talking with one another versus having a formal coffee group that gets together at a regular basis. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Or like I'm sure organizations like Rotary or like um, high school basketball games is why, why I'm thinking of like all the parents meeting and chatting afterwards that it definitely like takes place in a different setting than in a metropolitan area, but it's still taking place. We um, also have a couple of banks who have really focused on their businesses that are starting up and their people who are looking for opportunities and have done brown bag lunches and things like that to hmm. try to put people in a room to have a conversation. Who, or I guess, what is the most successful startup to take place in, in Miami County that like, as you've kind of been watching the, the community, is there one that um, really like stands out? You know, it would probably be difficult to pick one, but we, we've got two or three, I think that have been great opportunities that folks have taken advantage of. I, I, I go back to Miami County, Kansas isn't necessarily known for wine, right? Mm -hmm. But we have several people who had vineyards who have Mm. now transitioned to wineries and have that winery now that draws several thousand people over the course of the year. And I think back to a gentleman who came in to talk to me six, seven years ago with the idea of doing a trolley and connecting the wineries with the trolley. And at the time, that's not something that was an opportunity people identified. He's now operating three different vehicles, doing trolley wine tours in addition to special events graduations and things like that wow wow that sounds like a lot of fun for just gut reaction yeah Yeah. sign me up (laughs) and if you want to go back into the county's history probably one of our most well-known businesses now that absolutely started out as an entrepreneurship endeavor is the lewisburg cider mill and Mm -hmm. so the lewisburg cider mill started as a family operation they now run hundreds of thousands of people and attract them to their location during the course of the year. It seems like um, like a lot of these are centered around, I guess, alcohol with the cider and wine. Um, I guess, have, have you noticed that as a trend or is that just consistent with that? That is also over the last decade really kind of taking place across America that, you know, craft beer and wine and all of that is. I, I do think wineries and the craft beer is part of that because the cider mill started, you know, 25 plus years ago. Um, but Miami County, though, is because of our position within the metro area, we're a great day trip location. So we have several opportunities for outdoor activities for our businesses to come down. For instance, Hillsdale Lake is within our county and it's a state operated park. And we'll have almost a million visitors come to Hillsdale Lake during the course of the year Hmm. to take advantage of the lake and the marina and things like that. So we have just really worked hard to build on those assets Our residents have been great about recognizing those opportunities and have found ways to create businesses around them. You mentioned over the last 18 months, uh, there has been a lot of changes taking place around the world, every industry. um, COVID has really, really shuffled things up. Um, How do you... How do you, I guess, approach those changes being a smaller community and um, with like remote work really taking off? Do you, do you think, 
or do you see Miami County being a place that is able to grow or like, is that an opportunity for Miami County? I really think it is. I, I think that certainly there were tremendous hardships created, particularly in the business, particularly in some of these industries that we talked about where mm-hmm. people weren't wanting to travel or they weren't got, wanting to go to restaurants or they weren't wanting to be in crowds. But we also had some industries that really were able to embrace it. For instance, within Payola, there is a small soap making, um, hand sanitization, lotion making um, mm. business that really took off and started doing some things in that area. Um, But we also, that remote work component has really highlighted kind of the areas of our county that have great broadband and access in areas that don't have so much of it. Hmm. And so we have been able to to work on getting some of those federal dollars to help back build some of those areas to do improvements. And we're finding that there's an awful lot of employers in the metro area that are saying, we kind of like maybe not having to pay so much commercial rent for our large facilities who might be looking at, at leaving some of those remote workers in the field. So we expect a lot of our folks to be able to not necessarily need to do that daily commute anymore and instead be able to stay here and create daytime traffic for us and our restaurants and things during the day. Yes, yeah, of course. How has that, um, like getting the federal, do- federal dollars to improve it? Um, internet access. I that that's one issue that I've been. Um, I, I I guess it's kind of my hot button issue. That like to me that is something that is something community should bet on. That the, the um, access to internet w- is is a utility that needs that needs to be in place for every community, regardless of size across America. Um, how has that I guess process gone? So we have really relied on our industry partners who are really kind of already servicing our areas because they understand that technology and have a a greater ability to deploy it than we do. So we really worked with the people who were providers in our area to say, so where do you know that you have folks and where do we kind of know that we need to buff things up? And then we've been able to support their request for those dollars in the applications and have been able to help them kind of move through the process perhaps more readily to make sure that they're getting their right away access and things like that. Interesting. So um, it's it's relying on the private sector. Is that fair to say? Like the, yeah, the, yep. the internet providers, are they receptive to increasing the speed in areas that may not be the most, I guess, profit efficient? You know, some are better than others, right? So we mm-hmm. worked with the ones who want to play. Um, our, our county administrator likes to talk about the coalition of the willing. And, and that's what we have really focused on is those folks who want to move forward. So we are fairly lucky in that most of our communities have been able to identify strong partners um, that really have been focused on helping the schools, helping our public facilities, and then being able to build off of that. Um, That last mile of broadband is always gonna be the toughest, right? And so what we're really trying to do is make sure that the, the infrastructure is there and the network is there so it can be built upon. Yeah. Okay. Well, fascinating. I um, it, it's it's great to I guess connect and talk with someone on the front lines of this issue. Um, again, this is a question that we normally apply to like larger ecosystems. But um, what's the venture capital scene like? Are are there any venture cap like are there venture capital dollars flowing into Miami County? And um, like if so, where from and what's what's that look like? So we really this is a, another area where we partner again with that metro area. 
And mm-hmm. with the Johnson County Venture Capital, we do have venture capital coming into the area. We also have some pretty other creative other financing tools that we're able to use. So we're able to use Network Kansas is a program specific to Kansas. They have their e-community programs. We're able to use that e-community fund for a revolving loan fund to help do some of that gap financing that a banker may not be particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. And then also work with other partners that are out of the metro area like AltCap, who is able to do, again, those folks that may have less than stellar credit to be able to help them get financed. Yes. Yeah. We um, we spoke with Shelly Pash from Network Kansas. So if you're interested in learning more about Network Kansas, go listen to that episode. My co-host, Caitlin, was the one to really connect and learn more about that that Network Kansas program, which is very, again, just fascinating. Um, how about um, uh, we find that storytelling within a community is very important. Um, so are there any like news outlets, uh, podcasts or blogs d- dedicated to covering startups in the business community? So we have been able to work with our local chambers of commerce to put together monthly highlights of businesses that we do. We're able to share that with our local paper. We are blessed in the county our size. We still have a local newspaper. Wow. And that's pretty impressive. So we really try to work to support them. And they obviously do the same for us. So we feature a business a month talking about the things that they have done that are innovative and special and not necessarily just off the shelf. So we work with that. And then we also highlight a partner a month that's an agency or somebody that's offering a program that's special for our businesses that can be of assistance to them. So we obviously use social media and those kinds of things, but we really rely on our Chamber of Commerce partners and our local newspaper to be able to help us carry that message forward. Is the local paper daily or weekly? Weekly. Okay. Yeah. That's what um, uh, you mentioned coming from journalism and media is again, an uh, industry that um, has changed a lot over the last decade. So it is um, great to hear that there's still a local paper in this, in this rural pocket. Um, Yes. Yeah. Okay. So last question for you here, Janet, if I was going to move to the community tomorrow and wanted to start a business, what should I do first? Call me. Okay. How can people get a hold of you? So they can call me at 913-294-4045. We also have a website that's thinkmiamicounty.com. We're located in Paola, which is the county seat for Miami County. And certainly we're going to then work with them, figure out what resources are the best for them, probably connect them to the Small Business Development Center and in the city hall that would be the business that they're located in. Okay, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you for all um, all of your work um, expanding expanding the economy in this rural community. And thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really, really fascinating conversation. Thanks, Nick. Now that we've learned about an ecosystem from the person building it, I'm going to link back up with Caitlin to clarify some jargon and take a deeper dive into this community. What is up, Nick? How was your interview with Janet? Caitlin, it was so, so good. So I learned more about Miami County than I ever thought I would. I didn't even like, I guess, know where it was at um, before connecting with uh, before connecting with Janet. But it was it was fascinating. And again, just solid, solid conversation. Oh, amazing. Was there anything that you had to look up afterwards? Um, Not necessarily. I would say probably my biggest takeaway on it, though, was um, how smaller communities such as Miami County that are kind of like like tucked away near a metropolitan area, how can those 
like position themselves as a way for like this remote work and working from home and the gig worker, how can those communities position themselves to be successful? And the whole kind of tangent we took about the internet connection and like building that broadband speed, I I think that is like for sure every single small community should double down on that. I was, I guess, very happy that that came up in in the conversation. Well, that checks out. That's really cool. So before we close out, do you have any final thoughts? I also liked the whole like tourism, like kind of the day trip from Kansas, from Kansas City. Um, It's like what I think like a 45 minute drive, but is a very small town uh, and also thinking of themselves as like how that day traveler, how do we again, like position ourselves to attract people looking to get away from Kansas city for the day. And it kind of like that alcohol economy. Um, <laughs> oh, and with like all the, um, they had a whole bunch of wineries and, and all of that, like it, her, when she was describing it, I was like, ah, I want to go, I want to take a day trip. Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, that was, um, just interesting community and they're doing interesting things. And I, I was very happy to, to be able to connect with Janet for the show. Um, but that was it, Kaylin, if you, if you want to read us out. Absolutely. And I will say I am a huge fan of day trips. Like, absolutely. And it's 100% living like in Straitville and then next to Rochester, everyone goes to Lanesboro. And like, that's what, you know, way they, they don't have wineries, but they have the river where too. But again, huge fan of small towns and getting to like have those day trips. But Yeah, I will go ahead. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Ecosystem Builder Podcast, which is a product of Mug.News and hosted by Nick Kastner and Caitlin Clays. If you have any questions about today's episode, connect with us on Twitter at Nick Kastner, at Clays Creates, or at MugNewsOfficial. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. We release episodes every Wednesday morning, so make sure to follow so you don't miss a beat.